you know, Pam, it's not totally Loveland related, but it is. I, I got to say, my son has been way into baseball, and it's good that the Reds are still playing some meaningful games, although they're giving me heart palpitations <laughs> sometimes. They're playing meaningful games here in September. You know, I grew up during the big red machine. There was nothing finer than watching the greatest baseball team ever assembled. So yeah, I, yeah. I think it's fun, though, that he's taken an interest in that he is enjoying the games because I know more and more younger people are kind of not really into baseball. No, it is important. And I think it is helpful, especially the Reds who have not been the best, let's say, since the, uh, well, 1990, they won the World Series. So let's say since then. But hey, I I just always ask people, who's going to be in contention longer, the Reds or the Bengals? I mean, (laughs) are the Reds still going to be playing meaningful games in October? The Bengals will not. (laughs) Bengals are never going to be in, in contention. I, I, they just As long as the Browns own the Bengals, they're never going to be in contention. So I say watch your baseball and go Reds. Yeah. All right, let's get this started. Hello all, welcome to The Voice of Loveland, the podcast for IamLoveland.com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is... Well, she'll put on her big red machine t-shirt when the Castellanos, Jonathan India, Joey Votto Reds are out there. Hopefully winning a playoff game or playoff series for the first time since 1990. (laughs) That's the greatest other host, Pam. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right. We're going to – there's no council meeting because they're at the point now where there's three weeks in between. But we still wanted to keep a good schedule, which means we're going to be back next week again. But there is a topic that's been on our mind for a little while here, Pam. And I'm going to start off – I want to set the stage here. I don't know if Loveland has a town song. That's my mistake. So please, somebody tell me if we do. But I do, even if we do, if we don't, whatever, I nominate this to be the new theme for the city of Loveland, Ohio. I read my coat, I call a bartender. So look, man, come down here. You got down there. So what you want? One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. I, I think I hear that almost every... Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, just downtown Loveland, I just hear one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Does that, <laughs> that sound about right, Pam? Yeah, I think it's more than one, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, th- this is what people don't get, is that <laughs> people like to send us information. And I, I've gotten this a few times, actually. If you guys look at the trash cans, the city trash cans that are all over the downtown district on a Saturday night, Pam, it looks terrible. <laughs> it, it is it's it's overflowing with beer bottles and just liquor bottles and cans and yeah it, it's funny you know i used to live in louisiana and mm-hmm. so i um we lived in baton rouge but i used to go to new orleans all the time i feel like sometimes i'm waiting for the fire hoses to come out to clear off the street and, oh yeah uh, the because the they do that down in new yeah, orleans yeah. uh Unfortunately, that seems to be what our downtown has become. Ryan, I think I've said it many times. It it just is a perpetual party. Every single time I turn around, it's look at us. We're having this event and we're having that event. And we're now we're having an Oktoberfest and now we're going to have this band. And now we're, it's like, seriously, people, enough. Well, there's a couple of things we're going to talk anyway. about. And I want to end on what's going on this weekend because it's kind of a culmination of Honestly, I think failed leadership of this idea that the Kathy Bailey and her bobbleheads, their majority, this is what they've wanted. They want just nonstop drinking. 
You're right. This is it. This has been the entire plan. This is what those council members sit for. Those four people that are part of Mayor Bailey's slate of silence, who are John Hart, Kip Ping, Ted Phelps, and Neil Ory. This is what they they want or have created. In the case of Phelps and Ory, that they've created is just put more and more bars downtown, and uh, it to the point of. You know, we talked about Dora, the outdoor drinking district. And by no means are we not against Dora. There is a lot of good things that you can do with Dora. But it seems to be here in Loveland in particular, it's just this encouragement of drinking, nonstop drinking and walking around on the streets. We all rightfully get annoyed by the bikers that don't seem to follow street laws. Why are we not annoyed by outdoor drinkers that don't follow basic etiquette that just wander around all the time and trash up our city. It just, it, it's embarrassing, Pam. Well, Brian, the other thing is, is I don't know if you've ever seen on a Saturday or a Friday night, sometimes you will literally see people walking up and down the street with their cases of beer, why they're drinking it with their booze bottles. I mean, honestly, ask any, ask anyone who really either lives down there, works down there. I ask anybody who patrols down there, and they will tell you that is a regular scene. And that is not, to me, what the Loveland community really is. However, though, that is what Mayor Kathy Bailey has created. And that is what, as you said, that slate of silence that she has created, that people like John Hart and people like Kip Ping, who may be new, but they are sanctioning this. And they think this is okay. Well, it's even to the point of... And Nick, Neil Ory and, Tim, and Ted Phelps created it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't. I mean, so. look, are they ever going to speak up? I said I could, if I put together the two of them that even said anything contrary to what Mayor Bailey wanted, it would be half the length of this podcast. Maybe. Well, then they'd become Tim Baldwin. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the mayor would find two more people to shut down. I was going to say, and, and then and then they would be persona non grata. Yeah. So <laughs> th- this is the thing with it. Look, it, downtown is an embarrassment. It's sad that that's what it's become. It's sad that everything has to focus on how we can get more people drinking. And that's what it is. That's what Lo- Loveland is. Even to the point of during the pandemic, early days of the pandemic, City Manager Dave Kennedy was trying to figure out how to get more drinking at the restaurants on Love La Madeira Road, like El Picante and La Rosa's. And this is the only thing they seem to focus on. Well, recently it's come to a head because we have this comprehensive master plan, which I guess is coming to an end. The only thing the city is showing us is some landscaping stuff they want to do on Love La Madeira Road and maybe putting some new industrial sites out there because, you know, that's great for families and everything. And Pam, you and I, we have worked on a plan for development on Love La Madeira Road. It's a sustainable project. It's a project that's low impact retail, so it's not going to, or commercial, so it's not going to be bands and DJs playing at seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night because, you know, there are people that live in the area and you should respect that. It's an area that there may be drinking, they may, may be beer or wine because the reason we bring that up is here's the latest, latest drinking problem we have in Loveland. City Manager Kennedy and Mayor Bailey are pushing this community entertainment district over on Love La Madeira Road. And the key point of this entire CED is that it will allow 10 liquor licenses underneath a special designation that will cost a lot less. I know this from looking at businesses. I've talked many times how I'd like to open a kind of retro arcade. If I want to serve beer and wine, Pam, I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars to get that liquor license. It's very expensive. So the CED 
would allow for 10 of these licenses at a much, much lower cost. Now, some people, a little inflammatory, call it a drinking district. Is it? Maybe. I mean, it's called a community entertainment district, but you have other people, predictably members of the Loveland Hypocrisy Pack and all this other stuff, defending the city, saying it's not a drinking district. It's more than that. Clear this up for me, Pam. What is the primary purpose of a CED, a community entertainment district? Well, it's interesting that you say that, and you're right, calling it a drinking district is a bit inflammatory. However, though, it wasn't incorrect. The truth is, is that the Cincinnati Inquirer actually just recently wrote an article on this, and their headline was this, quote, entertainment district is to include discounted liquor permits. So it's all about the liquor. And then if you read the memo that accompanied the introduction to this entertainment district from Dave Kennedy, the entire focus was, guess what, about liquor licenses. Sounds to me like it is a drinking district. And that's the thing is it does make the number of permits available. The other thing that Dave Kennedy also said in this article of the Inquirer was that it will, that it's a tool that many cities use to attract restaurants. It's kind of a strange thing because it can be a really interesting district, a community entertainment district, the pr- if you have a plan. The problem is, is that the city never has a plan outside of drinking. And again, this is why some people can write and say, oh, it can be so much more than that. Okay, but the city manager said it was about drinking. People come to us, Pam, because we we tell you what the possibilities are. And the fact is that, yeah, the, the primary purpose of the CED is to add these 10 liquor licenses. That's its purpose, okay? That's what it's there for. Now, who holds those liquor licenses? It might be somebody like me that has an arcade that closes again at 6, 7 o'clock at night. We serve some beer and wine. We've had some ideas of a um, of a mead tasting room. Uh, mead is a honey wine. So obviously those kind of places would need a liquor permit. Trust me, if you're going to sit around and try to get drunk off of mead, you're going to give yourself diabetes before you're really there. Because <laughs> once again, it's honey wine. There's uh, We've talked about like axe throwing places, a bakery, uh, you know, a, a used bookshop, things like that. These, again, are very, very low impact. But when the city has no plan, they have no vision. When we hear that, oh, they won't won't work with Orion or Pam because we say mean things or whatever, there's no way they're looking at this. That What happens is these businesses are going to see 10 liquor licenses, and you could get 10 sports bars up there immediately. Immediately. Places that are open till midnight. Places that are all open during the day. Places where people will go to lunch, have a few beers. And, oh, by the way, the primary and elementary school is within this district. Or, I'm sorry, it's not in the district. The district essentially surrounds it. Now, that, and you go back to what's the point? Look, this city council, Mayor Bailey, her bobbleheads for four years have neglected everything outside of downtown. We have had sewer tunnels collapse over on 48 because we've neglected it. We've neglected our roads. They keep talking about roads all the time, yet you go drive down one of the main thoroughfares, West Loveland, and it's terrible. It's worse than it was four years ago. This city council has only cared about downtown in particular drinking. And then you are having people like Councilman Tim Butler that's speaking up against it, but nobody else will even second a motion he does. So now what do they want to do? That they've overcrowded our downtown with booze and vomit? They want to expand it across the river. 
Well, I want to address a couple of things that you said within that in terms of, because I mentioned about you can have an entertainment district when you have a plan. And you mentioned the fact that, you know, there really isn't any real plan. Now, the city will disagree with that, and the comprehensive committee will tell you, well, that's not true because we just had that really great event where we showed you all these plans and stuff. Let's talk about that for a moment because, first off, nowhere in any of those, quote, plans was there even a mention of a community of an entertainment district. Nowhere in any of those committee meetings, of which they've been meeting over a year now, did they even talk about an entertainment district. So let's be very clear on this. This was not something that has been discussed. And if it was discussed, it was discussed in private and in secret. The other thing is, is going back to that meeting that they had with their plans. And I think it's great that, you know, people came and they looked But let's talk about the substance of it. Because again, if you were building a entertainment district, wouldn't you think that some of those plans would incorporate some of those ideas into that concept? It wasn't there. What we had was a lot of pretty benches, a lot of landscape, a lot of flowers, a lot of walking, bigger sidewalks. But what are we walking to? And where are we walking to? What are we doing that we're, you know, because I don't know about you, but if I live down there, I'm not walking to Kroger to go pick up my groceries, just not doing it. The other thing is, is the plan or the idea that they had for Chestnut. And then like you had said, it was kind of industrial or whatever, but it was a concept. And if you even talk to some of the members of the committee itself, well, that isn't really what we're really going to do. So we're back to what are we doing here? So now we're back to, okay, so you guys are proposing this entertainment district. Council's going to have a public hearing on it on Tuesday. People are going to come. But what are we discussing? We're discussing the fact that you want to take what you've created downtown with your darn drinking mess that you've created downtown, and now you want to expand it to Loveland Madeira Road. I'm sorry. It is that simple. No, that's exactly what it is. That's again. You want to tell me it's not a, a drinking district? Then tell me two <laughs> things about the CED because I can tell you one, and it's the ten liquor licenses. Right. Tell me something else. Tell but me, tell me out of that plan. Tell me what are we doing on Lava yeah. Madeira Road? Short of the fact that we're going to give ten businesses ten liquor licenses. And you and I have worked with a group that has created a plan, but. You know, what's the city manager say? Oh, we just need more restaurants there. We need a Buffalo Wild Wings. We need places that are going to be open from 10 a.m. to midnight that serve booze. That's well, all they care about. Like I said, from the Cincinnati Inquirer article, Dave Kennedy's focus is restaurants. Let's talk about the philosophy of all this and what it leads you to. So ever since the city councils come in, they and their, their cronies and their friends, they've done everything they can to just... Sell booze. Sell booze to people. Well, we can sell more booze if we let them walk around with it. We can sell more booze. If, By the way, those Dora cups are still paid for by the taxpayers, not these private businesses. So this is how the city's acted and all this stuff. Every time there has to be a party. And look, it's September now, Pam. It's The weather's getting a little bit more bearable. It's a good time to be out. And 
in particular this Saturday, the Saturday after we record this podcast, there's the the Loveland Frogman Triathlon. It's been around forever. It's a I think they usually do it in early September, but this particular Saturday is a very particular day. It's the eleventh day of the month of September, and it's been twenty years since the the attack, since terrorists attacked us, and we'll talk a, a moment and hear about that, but. The city of Loveland, last year, there was something at the, the Fireman's Memorial where they shot off fireworks, and there was a lot of people online, people contacted us. What are they doing? This isn't a celebratory event. Fireworks are a very celebratory thing. Well, I guess the city didn't get the memo, Pam, because now they're doing basically almost almost like a carnival. That's what I'm kind of jokingly calling it. They're going to have fireworks, they're going to have a big brass band, and they're going to have a parade. September 11th, and we can, I don't want to get too much into the current political state, but let's just say it's not very good in Afghanistan. You would agree with that, I assume, Pam. Nothing about it is good. So we're going to have a parade for September 11th. I don't know if it's going to be first responders with a bagpiper, but from my understanding, I don't even know who's going to be in here. From my understanding, though, Anybody can be in it. Political candidates could be in it. They could be there with the political sides. Look, you know darn well that Kathy's going to have her four men on the leash sitting in a truck with all their signs on there. I mean, why Why waste an opportunity to promote yourself? I just don't think September 11th is the right day. I spent some time in northern New Jersey. I spent some time at the World Trade Center. I've been to Manhattan many times. I was there after the attacks, a uh, month after the attacks, and the ground was still smoking, Pam. I've never been to the One World Trade Center. I, I believe you have, though. Yes. Tell me, I feel like it's a very solemn place. It's an extremely solemn place. It is a place for reflection. It is a place for reverence. When you go there, there isn't a lot of talking and skipping around. And, you know, people are reading names. They're reading the names of people who were, who died. And if you go inside to the actual memorial, you'll actually see the footers of the building. You'll see mementos from the scene itself. It is, I think everyone needs to understand, this was a tragic day in our history. And it, it, it just, it's, it, it is, it's a solemn day. It's a day where we're supposed to think about the lives that were lost, how our country has been forever changed, and it has. It is a time where you need to, that you need to not only remember the people who lost their lives, but also a time to really celebrate the fact that and I use celebration not I use celebration in a reverence way in the sense of the bravery that came from so many people on that awful, awful day. It's a time for reflection. It's it, it's a time of reverence. And I, I keep using that mm-hmm. because that to me is really what it is. It is a solemn event. And the fact that it is 20 years now makes it an even more solemn event. And yes, last year when they did that fireworks thing, I thought fireworks are a celebration, okay? This is not a time of celebration. It is a time of reflection. And just when I didn't think it could get any worse, now we find out we're doing a parade. Are you serious, people? 
I don't know who thought of this. I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but they need to seriously check themselves because I'll be honest with you, Ryan, I find everything about this coupled with the fact that all we ever do in this town is all about partying and all about drinking. Is there never a time where our community isn't that? Because I would think September 11th would be that day. And clearly it is not. It is just another day, another party, another parade. And I find it offensive. And quite frankly, I find it unseemly. Yeah, I said, I mean, you said you've been to the One World Trade Center. I've actually been to the Oklahoma City Bombing Memorial. Yes. And it's, um, you know, it's one of the most powerful those places. chairs. Yes. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, yeah. they have the number of chairs of the people who died by the floors of the building. Yeah. You get up to the third floor and there's a bunch of small chairs. Yes. Because that's where the daycare was. Yep. Nobody's there. Well, most people aren't there laughing and joking. No. Or it's... Again, you think about that day and you don't think about, you don't even think about, I know some people say, well, we're being defiant to the terrorists that attacked us. That's what September 12th is about. That's what September 13th is about. That's what that particular day, to use that day for, and again, I don't think it's celebratory. I think it's the city of Loveland looked at, oh, it's a Saturday in September and we have the the Frogman Triathlon and then they have some other event that night because look you can't waste a saturday you can't waste this time to do all this drinking but they somehow insert september 11th in part of their celebrations that gives me pause and it thinks the the leaders of this city need to sit back and think that why are we doing this is this about us and if it is about us maybe we need better look i've said it again and again we have failed leadership and we have an election coming up and I know people may not feel comfortable with everything or think this is all good, but the fact is, this is a city whose only focus, the only thing they want to do is to throw parties for themselves, throw parties for their cronies, turn us into a community that's not family-friendly, a community that's not sustainable for the future, Pam, and we deserve better than that. It's just that, that simple. I mean... I'm more than happy to toast you to something. I'm more than happy to to have a drink with you. But you know what? I don't need to be walking around the streets with a drink. That's just classless, okay? It's let's let's have a little moderation, people. And especially here on September 11th, let's not use it as an opportunity to line our pockets or to make ourselves feel good. Let's use it as an opportunity to remember those that did die on that day. Those people that had to be on an airplane and call their loved ones for the last time. Those people who wrestled with the terrorists to crash the plane knowing that they saved thousands of lives. Those people who at the top of the World Trade Center, their only choice was to jump. I mean, that's what we need to remember. That is, we need to, it, it's, I, I'm going on and on, Pam, but it's, the, the hubris of it, the disrespect of it is just troublesome. This city council, our city leadership, they need to have a little humility. I agree with you. I've shared this with many people. My family lived in New York, so I went to New York all the time. Very familiar with, you know, New York City and also very familiar with the World Trade Center in general. That day to me is not a parade day. I didn't know if my aunt or my relatives were alive. I even remember, and I've shared this story with you, I even remember 
my nephew, who had been to New York many times, and we always went to the top of the World Trade Center. They had the greatest bar in the world up there. And it was called that, by the way. Great view. Awesome. And he called me. And at the time, he was around, I want to say, 13 years old. And he called me on the phone and and said to me, he said, are you watching this? And I said, yeah, honey, I am. And he said, Aunt Jeannie, we had drinks up there. And he said, there are people jumping from those windows. And I said, I know, honey. To me, those are the images. Those are the things that people need to remember. It is not a parade. And in Loveland, we're known for our throwing of candies in parades. Mm -hmm. This is a moment for us to truly reflect and be the type of community that we're supposed to be. And like I said, I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, and look, we I, it's still such a weird thing to me. I, I don't know what this is going to look like. I hear all sorts of different things. We're going to be back next week, and we'll let you know yeah. if it's what we think it was or if it was something else. It is just weird. But, Pam, I, I want to leave on a – you guys are getting a twofer today. We're doing a double feature on our songs here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as we talk about the city and uh, their, their liquor orders all the time and Saturday nights overflowing trash cans and vomit on the sidewalks and things like that, it makes me think that if we can't use a little George Thorogood as as a city song, maybe there's a new city song to talk about what Loveland feels like uh, the day after all the party. And then I'm going to let uh, good old Johnny Cash tell us about that one. I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head. That didn't hurt. And the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one more for dessert. Then I fumbled in my closet Through my clothes and found my cleanest dirty shirt Then I washed my face and combed my hair And stumbled down the stairs to meet the day That's when country music was country music, babe. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Uh, anything left to say? I got, I, I, I don't. I, I got nothing. I that was a great way to end it. Let the man in black have a absolutely. Final word. So, all right. Well, with that being said, the voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode is written, engineered, mixed by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik, and music is by my father-in-law again with an assist from George Thorogood and Johnny Cash. And uh, that's it, Pam. That's what I have. Have a festive September 11th? I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope everybody takes the time to truly reflect on that horrific day and what it truly does mean. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. And please be informed, be involved, be influential. 